0: We here at the Abbey Normal Podcast support local businesses and we are so excited to announce that Rochester's own Fright Rags is sponsoring this week's episode.
1: Fright Rags was founded by horror fans to provide high quality merchandise for fellow horror fans with a wide variety of products and collections from franchises such as Halloween, Jaws, Evil Dead, and more.
0: What I love about Fright Rags is the different designs and colors of shirts. I mostly wear dark colored clothes, but every once in a while I'll throw on some green or purple or even red articles of clothing. Fright Rags offers various styles of shirts from men's tees, women's tees, baseball style t-shirts, and even tie-dye t-shirts.
1: As some of you may know, I work in a professional office building and part of my wardrobe is pressed pants, button-up shirts, and the occasional polo shirts. Which is great because Fright Rags not only sells printed t-shirts, but officially licensed Polo shirts with movie logos embroidered onto the front pocket.
0: Check out their website at www.frightrags.com and as of now, our listeners can use the promo code ABBYNORMAL10 to get 10% off their first Fright Rags order. That's A-B-B-Y-N-O-R-M-A-L-10.
1: So get your Fright Rags made by the fans for the fans.
0: The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect.
1: Hi, if you are tuning in, I'm glad that you're still here because this is part two of the Abbey Normal Podcast.
0: Interview with Carolyn.
1: Or interview with a friend, yes.
0: <laughs> so as you guys remember from last week, we had a very great interview with our friend Carolyn Prevost, but we had such a good time conversing with her that our recording was over three hours long
1: yes and it's this is probably the longest interview i've probably done with anyone yeah but then again this is my second interview with a guest so what do you expect
0: yeah but it was a lot of fun and i do want to press i'm gonna put it in the beginning of this episode but we are going to be talking some major plot points to some recent released movies so if you haven't seen bodies 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 X or Pearl yet. Or don't I,
1: worry, darling.
0: Well, we didn't talk about Don't worry, darling. This oh. one. Oh, I thought we did. I think we talked about it in the last one.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. But if
0: you haven't seen the three movies that I listed earlier, go check them out before you check out this episode because we do get into some major plot points, a so little spoilers, and we do talk about like other things in here. Like I think at one point we even talk about cults.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's that too.
1: Yeah so yeah without further ado here is the part two of abby normal podcast an interview with a friend
2: did you guys have like a come down movie after a horror movie like when you were a teenager like um like almost a kids movie or a movie you had to watch after watching something really scary just so you could like calm down and go to sleep
1: yeah i think i did
2: i think i did yeah you go first
1: i think yeah. mine it's kind of this it's still pretty fucked up but i mean it's uh, uh all dogs go to heaven
2: that was such a that good movie, movie. though huh? i feel like that's, that's it make me cry yeah right? it's a sad movie <laughs> it does it the like, opposite of what i know like, but the, like, movie there does. Was that, i
1: had a lot of movies in the house so it was kind of hard to choose which one would i watch because they were all just like still good but a lot of them were fucked up too especially in like emotions Right. And that's the thing I realized too. I said to my mom years later, I was like, Do you realize all the stuff that we grew up on that were like supposed to be these kid friendly family films are just sad and fucked up?
2: Yeah. Homeward bound. Oh my god.
1: Right.
0: Holy sh I still can't watch that movie and not cry at the end.
1: Fox and the Hound.
0: Yeah.
1: My My God. That part that I don't watch that movie. I will not watch Fox and the Hound because that shit's fucking sad.
0: I feel like for me, like, I, I mean, I haven't done this in a while. Because, like, I'll watch horror movies. Like, I think one day you, you went out and I decided one day, I'm just gonna watch, like, some horror movies on HBO Max that I haven't even watched yet. So I watched The Curse of La Llorona, and then I watched Mm. another movie after that, and I can't remember the name. And then afterwards, I was like... I might need a little bit of a come down movie. So I went over to Disney plus and I pulled up a movie that was like on my continue watch list. And I think I watched the rest 30 minutes of Lady and the Tramp. I <laughs> re-
2: when I was a teenager yeah, when I was a teenager, <laughs> like, my go to come down movie was rock a doodle. <gasps> oh yes i have that
1: movie i had that movie on vhs that, oh my god that
2: was the only movie that would make me feel better
1: yo that movie oh. really because that movie was still kind of fucked too especially in the beginning when rockadool got his ass kicked by that other rooster and i'm like yo he's supposed to be the man what the hell happened he freaked me the hell out as a kid
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was supposed to be that scary, like, monster. But, I mean, if you watch Elvis, the new Elvis, like, m- movie thing Uh-oh. that they came up with. Like, he is that character. He is Tom Hanks' character to a T. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, the rooster is based off of Elvis. and yeah. So you can make those real-life connections. And the, the owl is like-
1: based on his old manager?
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> I didn't see that till now. Wow. <laughs> wow i especially I, when you
2: think about like elvis's like las vegas red residency yeah like the fact that that manager took most of elvis's money like that owl is
1: i have new hilarious. eyes for this like literally i have new eyes on this this is crazy now we're gonna have to watch <laughs> rock-a-doodle again and right. watch the new elvis <laughs> and compare the two and we do a comparing of the of the movies oh. on here Thank you for doing that photo shoot. Like, you asked me to do a photo shoot with you, and I dress up oh, in hold on. Victorian, hold on. gothic, macabre clothing.
0: Hold on. Let, let's have Carolyn talk about that
2: project, and then we'll go into how that day went with <laughs> All you. Right. Okay, so I'm an adult student in college, and my last semester, and I decided to take a digital photography class, because I used to be a photographer, and I'm like, you know what, I want to rediscover my love for it. So I had my first photo, like homework, and I asked Colin to help me out with it.
1: Because I'm extremely good looking, and that's why they, <laughs> she needed a model.
2: Well, I figured also like Colin's personality, he'll be like, "Yes, take my picture." Take me. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah, make me one of your French girls. Like yes. <laughs> that would
1: be me. You're not <laughs> so wrong.
2: We decided to do it in a cemetery, and he asked his friend Ryan to borrow like a spooky vampire gothic type
1: victorian outfit. outfit
2: and so we went to the cemetery like you can barely tell it's like been a cemetery which is beautiful but it still has that creepy vibe which i love mm-hmm. like we like went to mount hope we just like went right to the back of mount hope and found like a very great spot and so we took pictures colin progressively like it it was tedious because i had to Go through every single camera. Very
1: goddamn tedious. Like,
2: function, kind (laughs) of. Like, we had to do every white balance. I had to go through, like, take a picture of him under every single white balance, every f stop, like, you know, things like that, shutter speed. (laughs) Colin wanted to rip my throat out by the end of the day.
1: But you know what? For for doing that, she did buy me Taco Bell, and I really appreciate that. I
2: did. Plus, the I, pictures look really good, right? And oh yeah. Tell me which ones you want me to like go through and edit. I could fix any of the white balance ones; those are easy to edit. Like,
1: okay, because I was trying to go through them and stuff, and I tried to like pick which can, ones. It wouldn't let me pick them, but I guess. Oh, no.
2: When I see an X, just tell me.
1: Okay, I was tell gonna me. say right now <laughs> if you could just take all the photos and just send them to me. That's fine. I'll I don't in. care. Fine. <laughs> now we're making negotiations on the show right now
2: anyways okay so where were you going
0: with this well whose idea was it for colin to dress up like a vampire was it colin's idea
1: yeah it was mine yeah yeah okay because we were just if i if i didn't have that idea i was just gonna go wear like probably this or something and just like wear normal clothes but instead i wanted to go the extra mile and i thought it was just perfect and ryan did have something like that so that's why i asked him
2: (laughs) oh funny!
1: (laughs) yeah
0: well we were saying like he was saying earlier about the tom savini joke he's like tom savini looks like he could be your uncle and i'm like do you really think if tom savini were my uncle i would be here exactly that's that's not something that i would just pass up an opportunity for (laughs) right absolutely right exactly To like apprentice under him and like learn what he learns and possibly yeah. work in the entertainment industry
2: and you
1: can move to pittsburgh and go to his little like college over there you know his little school i
2: mean pittsburgh is amazing to live
1: we're actually I going did. there in uh, november which part we're going to philly actually me and uh me and a group of friends and we're going to no, philly
0: philly's that part of <laughs> pittsburgh honey uh,
1: no a different no i'm going to another county like another oh place over God. there
2: I do have a Pittsburgh so story.
1: Well, I'm going to Philly over there with a group of friends for a show. So, yeah, we're going to see AFI. But Pennsylvania, that's where we're going. I did don't you a, laugh over there.
0: <laughs> I did have a Pittsburgh uh, story, though. Yeah. Don't judge me. I, th- I think I may have told both of you this. I don't know if i ever mentioned it on the podcast. No, but, but
1: let when everyone I was, know.
0: When I was in high school, I really wanted to do art. That was my passion in high school was to just broaden my art technique And go to an art college. My, I remember my school was like encouraging me. They're like, well, if you want to do art, there's like a few places you can look into. Um, So I applied for the Art Institute, I think of
2: Pittsburgh. That's where I went to college.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when it came time for like, they, they reached out to me and are like, you know, We've been selected as a potential student, but we want you to come out and visit and see what you think before we discuss further stuff. Tuition
2: and, like, yeah. yeah.
0: So my mom and I drove down to Pittsburgh, and the, the way getting there, like, getting from Rochester to the city wasn't a problem, but once we yeah. got into the city and tried to find out where the school was, that's where it became a whole other issue. So my mom was reading off of MapQuest directions, and she was not figuring out how to do or how to get there and i'm like well we still got about an hour before we're due to arrive i said why don't we just stop and get gas and we'll ask somebody at the gas station if they know where it is so then we asked them and we're like do you know where the art institute of pittsburgh is and he gave us the directions we got back in the car and my mom still tried to read the map quest directions oh. and i was like mom like let's just remember what the guy told us and go from there so we backtracked and then followed his directions and sure enough we found the school and we did the tour and it was a really nice tour and everything but tuition was pretty costly there it,
2: it was it was fun the dorms were fun i can't yeah. lie um, I saying, yeah. they were off campus when i went there it was on the north shore um allegheny center by the time i left they had just like i don't know if they built the building or had like got a new building but they were moving everyone closer to the school like i think it was actually in like an old prison or oh. jail like, oh. yeah like downtown <laughs>
0: that is cool really? that's like, across awesome. the
2: river or anything like that yeah they had that giant dinosaur outside of the building before they shut down for good like because as we all know now our institutes are like scam schools um, but before they shut down for good they had actually like moved out of downtown like they weren't even downtown anymore but the building was still there and i think they made them like luxury apartments or whatever and i'm like that's so crazy like
1: Huh. yeah that's intrigue that's intrigue
0: <laughs> yeah
2: and i was gonna ask
0: since you go to you currently go to brockport my sister emily we've had her on the podcast before today's actually her birthday so i want to wish her happy birthday yes happy birthday about- em
1: i know yeah, i yeah. got a message her hey, after this
0: emily. she lives in Brockport and she kind of lives close enough to college town where she she's she's like getting to that point of like living close enough to college town where she kind of I don't know is surrounded by like the colleges but what's your experience like in college so far in Brockport in
2: Brockport
1: yeah what's um, college like (laughs) like
2: I went to Brockport High School. I went to like you know, I went to Brockport School District growing up. Even the Catholic school I went to as a kid was located in Brockport right near the college. So for me looking at it like I remember when the college kids used to seem so old and now I'm an old person and I look at the college kids and I'm like, Oh, they're babies. Like they're little kids. So like thinking about that perspective just from like aging but being around the college is kind of crazy to me. Um I do enjoy it. My teachers are great. Some of my teachers, we send our kid like our kids to the same daycare which is on campus and oh. being a single mom, I get kind of like a nice little like discount because I also don't really make that much money or anything. So the school helps pay with that, which is fantastic. So I can go to my classes, I get childcare. It's really nice. I'm going this is my last semester there. I'm going to be graduating in December, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it does make you feel old, though. Like, <laughs> I've met a few people who like were cool that I talked to. Like this one girl, she loves horror movies as all, like as well. So she really likes the Halloween series. So we've talked about them, and we actually she liked uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And her favorite one, though, that's the common question. You like Nightmare on Elm Street? Which movie is your favorite? Dream Child. <sighs>
1: The well, I have
2: never met anybody whose favorite movie is Dream Child, which is, I respect that. I do. Yeah. But it's kind of like, whoa. I do I like mean, some parts
1: like, in Dream Child, too. Like, there are some good ones in there. But it's not right. the best.
2: No. and like, But, like, I guess people usually think I'm crazy for my favorite as well. I love Freddy's Dead. That is... My Freddy movie. (laughs) But, like, that's also, like, a comedy. Like, it's a horror comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was so interesting, like...
1: That is amazing. (laughs) I'm kind of mind-blown, too, because I don't know anyone that likes the fourth one. Like, let alone even the fifth one. No one even likes the fifth one.
0: Yeah, like, my favorite is Wes Craven's New Nightmare.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: I thought that was really good.
2: New Nightmare. So the first time, I was afraid of it. Like, I was afraid to watch it, because my brother my brother who told me about it he's a year younger than me so he was six years old telling me at seven about a new nightmare <laughs> we're like and he's telling me like freddie's trying to break into our world and i think he's serious i'm like what Freddy's trying to break into our world like
1: oh know, my I'm god like, man
2: holy crap like this is, this is the first <laughs> time like me as a kid is hearing anything about like you know that fourth wall breaking meta stuff yeah so right it scared the crap out of me and, like, even now, you watch Freddy, like, A New Nightmare. It is scary.
1: Now I want like, to watch it. Thanks, reality. Carolyn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, yeah, that was, I think that's a great one.
0: It's a lot darker than some of the other movies in the franchise. Yeah. How did you feel about Freddy versus Jason, though?
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I like it. I feel
2: like it's going so to a like that's like going to a Yankees versus like Blue Jays game like
1: <laughs> more like Yankees versus Sox thank you very much
2: <laughs> like, like, well no because i hate the Sox <laughs> at least i can respect the Blue Jays <laughs> but i can respect Jason i mean i have a Jason tattoo only because i need to save my Freddy tattoo like i'll probably have Dan Ross do it someone talented has to do Freddy yeah right? well what would like, you do for a I Freddy tattoo <laughs>
1: What? what would you do for a Freddy tattoo? Would you do something small and simple, or would you do something epic? Or
2: yeah, you know the image of him in like the Indiana Jones hat.
1: Yeah, well,
2: I really want that, ooh. or one of him with like the needle fingers.
1: Yeah, it's from J- which, by the way, because you guys talked about your favorite ones. Mine has always been number three. I know that's everyone's favorite, but I loved it because that was actually before the first movie. That was actually my first time watching a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Was the third one, and then oh, and then I. That's
2: a good introduction. Yeah, right.
1: which it was unorthodox of how I did that, but I did that and then I watched the first one. I'm like, this is why this is good. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do want to ask because we we have talked about this like as a hypothetical. If you if they were to do another crossover of two different horror oh. mo- characters, which would you pick?
2: Oh, wow. So, any two or are we sticking with like Freddy versus?
0: <laughs> it could be any any two because I know okay. Because I know, I think, Lionsgate, was it Lionsgate that produced uh, Candyman?
1: New, yeah, there was Lionsgate, yeah. They,
0: like, right around the time Freddy vs. Jason came out, they had proposed to Tony Todd, who played Candyman, like, hey, we were thinking about doing a crossover of Candyman with the Leprechaun. Oh and my Tony God. Todd was
2: like, no. So I might even say Wishmaster.
1: Yo, no one talks about Wishmaster that much. He's oh. very underrated.
2: So good. I'd say Wishmaster because, yeah, and Hellraiser or, you know, Pinhead. Okay. I feel like the concepts of the movies are very similar almost. Like in my mind, what I'm imagining that it would, I think, yeah, I'd want to see them. Okay. (laughs) I can't describe it. But, like, also, too, like, one of, like, fan theory type things, like, of Freddy being a Cenobite, I want to see that movie. Like, I want to see where, like, Cenobites control Freddy. Like, it makes sense that- Yo, that'd
1: actually be really cool. I would like that. I'm down.
2: That would be cool.
1: But wait, does Travis listen to this podcast? Because if he does, hi, Travis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adam Kramer kind of did a little shout out for him in our last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because he was talking about uh Travis's movie that he was making.
2: Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Is it good? It's definitely his style. Um, it has influence from there's a certain movie. He made me watch it when we were dating and oh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was like these people who are in an underground bunker almost, like their dads like kept them down there and then they escape and yeah. Anyways, doesn't make sense on I <laughs> but it definitely draws influence from from like very unknown 80s films and yeah. it's very it makes sense definitely. i was gonna
1: say did he draw <laughs> influence from the movie blood harvest uh, starring tiny tim like, what there's a movie back in the 80s called uh, blood harvest and it stars right. tiny tim you know he's the guy who's uh tiptoed like through tiny. the uh through right. the yeah, uh, tiny tim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and he's dressed up as a clown like he has this horrifying makeup on it's so I don't scary i no? Well, I don't know if you would wanna watch it or not, but it's freaking horrifying. His face right? his face gives me nightmares.
2: Justin Martell, who's like a producer of the Joe Bob Breaks, you know, oh. The Last Drive In. Yeah. He yeah. Mm-hmm. he actually, um was he the producer? He helped in making like a Tiny Tim documentary. He's obsessed with Tiny Tim. Nice. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the all end all of the information of Tiny Tim. <laughs> oh, but it yeah, connects to cool. Joe Bob and
1: Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Man, I want to meet him now and talk about Tiny Tim. That'd be great.
2: <laughs> also like Joe Bob Briggs, like that whole like kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I used
2: to sneak downstairs after my parents would put us to bed to watch Joe Bob like when I on Monster <laughs> Vision when I was a kid. Like, yeah, and
1: he, like, he would be on so at cool. midnight, right?
2: Midnight or like yeah, probably midnight or I want to say like 11,
1: but Yeah, cuz I yeah. cuz I remember watching the Elvira Macabre stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: When I was yeah. a kid
1: and that was on TV.
0: Yeah, and you were pointing out to me too. She's in the Munster remake. As I saw
2: she posted on Instagram. Like, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I know you guys have. I need your take.
1: I know. I I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too.
2: And then, and I said earlier, as
0: somebody like myself who hasn't watched the original Munster show, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was it was quirky and cute. But it was very colorful. Like, I always say that Rob Zombie has this, like, sense of almost style when it comes to his Mm -hmm. art department. Like, you can tell that everything was... He played a heavy hand in the artistic aspect of making this movie. From, like, the set design to the colors to the costume look. It was... It felt like it was mostly him. But he's really cool with stuff like that. But I loved it. I'm not usually the kind of person who likes the kind of humor that Herman Munster was performing in but i thought it was kind of funny mm-hmm. and it actually made me laugh a few times which was cool so
1: and i enjoyed it too very much so because it did remind me um uh, the Monsters show and i know it was like his love letter to that because he loved the monsters growing up and also <laughs> you could tell it was his take on it yeah you know of that like his own version of it and i love that it wasn't really like gore or like anything disgusting right. like oh no not not... like yeah. he oh. made it seem like it was like a kid's show and that's yeah, what that's it, why i
0: said that that's, that's what was, i loved about that that was supposed to be the original direction of how he wanted to make it yeah
1: he was being very tender with he it. he wanted very, to stay true yeah.
0: to the show without going too far off from the original uh, yeah. source. and he
1: and instead he made it really funny and i actually enjoyed yeah. it i know there's people that are either giving it crap right now yeah i'm
2: skeptical like I, w- I i will end up watching it i'm not running into it though but like i will watch it and I was I was talking to you yesterday via text because mm-hmm. um, you asked me if I had seen it yet, and I hadn't. And then I mentioned Wednesday, the new like Timber and Adams family. Yeah, like, which is
1: coming out in November,
2: going to be on Netflix as well. And it got me thinking, like with the Munsters, I did watch that like Mockingbird Lane TV show, like reimagining of it with like Eddie Izzard was in it, and like I gave that a chance. But when I think about the Adams family. I've probably seen so many different remakes of The Addams Family. Why in my mind is The Addams Family okay to like do in so many different ways? But yet there's something about The Munsters that I'm like, I'm just scared of what's gonna happen. Like, I I will watch it, don't worry. I hold The Munsters almost higher, like on a
1: pedestal well yeah they are you know that's what's great about the Munsters is that they competed with the Am's family back then and Am's family has been around since the comics with they came out in the 30s but the Munsters was a brand new thing didn't really come from anything it was just a tv show idea and literally Fred Gwynn who played Herman Munster was kind of like the genius and the humor behind the show and I feel like no one really touched it since then because of him
2: but it, it it's been redone. But it has, it has, it yeah. has back
1: in the eighties and nineties stuff and a little oh, bit from yeah. the seventies too.
2: That was another the Travis showed me the eighties.
1: Yeah, but, which I but, feel like most people did not want to do that after that because if you ever seen have, those movies, yeah.
2: I had no idea like the eighties T V show. Existed Like, I knew about the movies. I had seen those, but...
1: Yeah, but the TV show, too, and that sucked.
2: I can respect Rob Zombie. Like, yeah. um, I actually really enjoy a lot of his movies. Like, the only ones I can't talk about are the ones I haven't seen.
1: Yeah, but let oh, us know what okay. you think of the monsters, yeah.
2: Yeah, but an example, like, with Halloween, I had seen Friday the 13th before I had seen Halloween. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is just, like... A Jason film, you know, like in my mind. So I discredit it, you know, like I'm like, I'm not even going to watch it until Rob Zombie came out with his versions. And I was like, wow, these are really good. So he's the one who like got me into like, Michael Myers and that Halloween franchise. Like That was my introduction, technically. Because I had already blown it off when I was young. You yeah.
0: Know? like I love that. In, last week when Adam Kramer and I were talking, he asked me, because we, we had mentioned remakes a little bit, and he asked me, what's my favorite? And I yeah. said, honestly, it's the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Because it's different than what John John Carpenter did and in a way it almost made Michael Myers a little bit more human than just the shape that John Carpenter you know it's like John Carpenter made the shape but Rob Zombie kind of gave him a backstory yeah which I thought was really cool
1: I'm not a fan of those Rob Zombie movies either so it was kind of funny (laughs) that you and Carolyn are like big fans of it and I think you said that to Malcolm one time I
0: think also too it's like when we watch all of the halloween movies even like the the sequels they have kills in it but they didn't really get too gory until like i think h2o and resurrection but rob zombie really brought it home with the gore that was
2: like the golden age of horror though yeah (laughs) gore like I remember, like, sitting on MySpace talking about the Rob Zombie movies and, like, everyone and everyone had gore in their name. Like, everyone wanted more gore. Like, it was definitely, like, an early, mid-2000s thing. Like, that's what we wanted to see. And he delivered. Right.
0: Right. And then when you look at the new Halloween movies, it... I mean, the plot itself, it picks up where the first original movie left off like 20 years, 20 or 30 years later. But when we see Michael Myers in this timeline, he's hes more brutal in these movies than he was in the original. So it's interesting to see him evolve from being that type of serial killer to being this type of serial killer. I, I think it's really cool. <laughs> I had a question
2: and I can't think of it. Damn it, you got
1: speechless there. Oh my God.
2: me speechless oh all right so favorite 1950s horror movie
1: oh okay okay you want to go there okay
2: non-universal
1: oh okay okay good one good one
0: don't even know any
1: i know a few you ever heard of the movie them yeah yeah with the giant ants yeah. right yeah okay. I mean that's a good one I hate insects especially big giant ones but like seeing those right there yeah that's definitely a good example what's another one there's there', I was can't a, think there of was a lot of creature ones there was a lot of 50s creature that's made like creatures. films I love it. like right. like it was like the giant behemoth for like the thousand um the thousand year old creature popping <laughs> out or something like that I don't know and it's what just, about
2: the blob
1: the blob oh, yeah yeah actually blob, um the blob. I love because of the blob. I know there's the uh, the attack of the killer tomatoes.
2: Oh my <gasps> god! Yeah. Oh my yes, god! The that funniest fucking
1: movies is. ever. It's so good. My favorite one is where the guy's at the campsite and he's around the fire and he's eating food, and the tomatoes are sitting right next to him eating food as well, and they're both looking at him. He's like, "What the like <sighs>
0: I really can't think of anything. Have you and I ever watched any together?
1: Uh, 50s horror? That thing? are
0: non-universal?
1: I don't think I have with you, honestly. But I have watched, like, we watch Vincent Price stuff.
0: Yeah, like, I've seen House Coast. on Haunted Hill. That's a good one. That's I a good
1: example, I love yes. that one. I love him because he's just such a creepy old man and very gothic macabre. But he's not afraid to make fun of himself. <laughs> you know? I, uh... But my favorite film that he did, he was a reverend in like the Black, the Red, uh, like the Plague or something. And he, I don't know if you've seen this, Carolyn, but he played like a very evil priest. And this was around the Plague era. And he was like basically like shutting people out for like as witches or something like that. And he would take advantage of these girls and try to have sexual play with them.
2: Great. A- what'd you say, Mask of the Red Death? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, that movie's yeah. fucking creepy, isn't it? Mask of the Red Death. It's a famous author. Is it? I think it's Edgar Allan Poe, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Is it's it based off it? Edgar Allan Poe's thing.
2: I had to check. I had to like quickly Google like. Mask
1: <laughs> yeah, of the Red I love that she googled it right away. It's right. It was directed by Roger Corman too. <laughs> Roger Corman okay. is best known for doing a lot of B movie stuff. <laughs> Like, seriously.
0: Actually, it's yeah. funny because House on Haunted Hill was released in 1959. hmm And I actually just bought, like, a bunch of horror movie patches on Etsy that are the... Yeah. I showed you, but they were, like, the movie posters. And one of them is House on Haunted Hill. So that's the next one I got to sew yeah, on my jacket. <laughs> also,
1: the House of Wax... That was a 1953 film. That's a good one.
0: I've seen bits and pieces of the remake, but not the original. i
1: seen the original when I was a kid, when we rented it from Blockbuster.
2: I've oh. only seen the remake of
1: that oh, one. You guys are lame. <laughs> <I'm>
2: <laughs> well, that was like, for me, that was like
0: my golden age of horror was watching the remakes and <laughs> what was new in that time. And oh um God,
1: I feel so old now
2: but you feel old
1: yeah because she says her golden age is the remakes my golden age was actually watching the original like universal monster stuff and the older stuff
2: oh you saw those when they came out colin
1: in another time
2: (laughs) i mean i would say though like i
0: know it's not like the golden age for horror across the board yeah no for me that was like the time frame when i was watching horror the most and it was primarily like new stuff that was coming out which were remakes. I know a lot of the Saw movies and the Final Destination sequels were coming out. The Descent came out during that time which I watched, but I can never watch again because it just gives me that claustrophobic feeling and I can't not, I can't watch stuff where
2: I can't feel like I'm breathing. <laughs> it just makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I got a good question now. Okay. Yo. Favorite foreign horror film.
1: Demon. Suspiria. All right.
2: Frontiers.
1: <laughs> huh? Fronti- frontiers. Oh, Frontiers, yes, yes. Yeah, Actually, it's... there's a, another good one, too, called oh. Phantasms. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's a Phantasm. good one. That's with a very young Jennifer oh. Connolly before she did Labyrinth <laughs> and also Donald Pleasants.
2: Travis has the video game.
1: <laughs> there's a video game?
2: <laughs> yes, Colin.
1: Yo, why the hell am I not hanging out with Travis? What <laughs> the fuck? You know, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Did you ever see uh,
2: the Wreck series? I've heard of
0: it but I haven't watched it. I know that there is a there's an American version or American remake of it
2: that's quarantined. Yeah. Yeah, that looks really cool. Wreck is so good though. Like they did get a little kooky for i think it's the fourth one where it's like on a cruise ship or whatever and it's like why why did you have to take it there Mm -hmm. but it's almost like has a religious kind of factor which is creepy about it too Mm -hmm. um but i would highly recommend like because it's almost like a zombie type film mixed with religious like aspects and it's Mm -hmm. definitely really good but the first and second one they like it's like almost a seamless timeline
0: yeah i have to check those out i i actually i still have my entire like journal of horror movies i still need to go through i know i still gotta fill out my entry for note but as i'm like waiting for more movies to come up to watch i'm Mm -hmm. like filling out the rest of the pages so i started doing saw and I think the next section I do is going to be the Hellraiser movies. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's going mm. to be next on my to-do list. Well, especially
1: list. that new Hellraiser that's coming out.
2: Oh, yeah. What did you think about that, by the way? I have only seen pictures so far. I haven't seen a trailer or anything. The trailer is
1: really good. I think you'll like it. Mm. I know it's different because okay. it's not so the I same without about- the original Pinhead.
2: So I talked about this with my friend Matt. Um, from pittsburgh and he, he understands where i'm coming from because he feels the same way especially in terms of if you think about like all right, pinhead obviously the sex has changed or the gender or whatever yeah so for me with remakes like that that's what ruined the evil dead remake for me was you think about ash what's makes like the e- the original Evil Dead so cool does not have a surviving girl you know so when they like remade Evil Dead and they added a surviving girl instead of like this surviving boy who's not your typical horror movie survivor mm-hmm. it kind of like ruins it something like it didn't like granted there's still someone surviving or whatever but it's not the norm it's not the formula we're fed mm-hmm. and it bothered me and I mean I guess like You know, it's not a formula with Pinhead, but I'm so used to him being a male character, pretty much.
1: Yeah, you're used to that. that,
2: Like, it's fine that he's female, but I almost feel like you're trying too hard to, like, please a certain type of person who gets upset. Like, Like, I feel like you have more room where you could take an idea and create a whole new movie with a female centered like main character such as pinhead so like why try to like i don't want to say ruin that's not the right word but why try to impose this new like character not really new but you know you're changing this character that we all know and love like that's why when they were like coming up with a new design like before this film where they had the nails uneven Mm -hmm. But then the fans kind of, like, came back, they're like, they, they got, like, word of the images, they're like, no, Pinhead has to be, like, symmetrical, like, with the nails, it has to be on that grid, like, it can't just be random nails Right. In the face. So I feel like they could create a new movie, an original movie, and have a strong female character in it instead of trying to rework an old classic. I hope that made sense. No, it does. No, it does. Yeah, it does.
0: I think with remakes and I don't know if I I again I don't know if I make these certain points and conversations in previous episodes, but When I think of remakes, I've kind of read different articles about as a topic, but like remakes, they're made and written and produced and targeted for different audiences, especially like younger generations. For example, the new Disney live action remakes. We all know the Disney cartoons that we grew up on and we love them for what they were, but we have a whole new generation of audiences who are watching like the newer Disney stuff and Disney Pixar stuff, it's like Disney's way of saying, well, now we have a newer audience who may not know all that much about the originals unless yeah. their parents are showing them. This is our chance to retell the story in a different way that would appeal to a younger audience. I think I was saying to Colin the other day, you know, like when we when we have these remakes, it's like they're not meant for us, the original audiences that were targeted for these movies. They're for the new people. They're for the newer audiences. Yeah, and I
1: for the newbies.
0: Yeah, so it's like I get the direction that they're going with casting, and it's I think it's cool that they do, considering the fact that I think in Hellraiser it's never really determined if the cenobites are gender fluid or they don't. It's like the huh? mer- it's
1: like the little mermaid. I said
2: right. Well, you do see. I mean, yeah. granted, you know, they could potentially be gender fluid, but you do see like differences i guess like between uh, different i'm thinking different. of a very specific female looking centipede like you know Are
1: you talking about from the original movie <laughs> yeah the one that but, looked like Sinead o'connor
2: yeah, right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> but also um i think there's a very fine line because yes they're not made for us but at this point it is a franchise film like where it has so many like all right <laughs> so like you have to expect that this film has a fan base behind it
0: right Mm -hmm. who will
2: like see it review it and they're probably gonna make or break you which is why you didn't see the takeoff of a new or um of a nightmare on elm street or the new evil Dead or like child's play like are, are they making a second one is that a thing
1: well for the new hellraiser child's play Oh, no. Well, they're doing a second season.
0: I don't know. See, no, not of the TV show, oh. the, movie, the remake. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but, but they see, don't
2: go over that one.
0: Well, right. But that's what not I really. mean. It's like I didn't like the Child's Play remake kind of for the same reason. It's not the Child's <laughs> Play that I remember. It's not, it doesn't have a voodoo backstory to it. It's just, no, it really doesn't. It's just AI technology that goes haywire and starts to try to kill people in in the and especially in the world that we live in now where technology kind of like dictates a good portion of our day-to-day lives it's possible and it's terrifying to think of oh
2: that's why when when we saw the the child's play remake it's a great black mirror episode right it's not child's play but if you were to have labeled that as black mirror and like maybe put the doll in a different outfit oh i would have ranted and raved like yes this is a fantastic movie it's Black Mirror, though. It's not Child's Play. What right. if you put
1: Chucky in but, a leather outfit? That would be hilarious.
2: But, but that's what I'm saying, too. It's
0: like, I mean, I I grew up on the Child's Play original. When watching the remake, I didn't particularly like how it was presented. But somebody 10 or 15 years younger than me might look at it and say, like, that is truly terrifying because yeah. technology is a big part of our lives now. And it's it's more realistic to have a storyline storyline of that type in in a horror movie but i think to make it part of that franchise doesn't work but again it's it's meant for a different audience it's not so much meant for us the diehard fans i
2: think it could work like it works for halloween it works for mm -hmm. jason it works for that kind of thing you have masks Um, you know, like it could be like a different timeline, which you understand, which the fans understand, but then you have these like very almost personal images of Freddy or Chucky, and it's not being hidden by much. So when you like rework it and it doesn't go over like, yes, this young fan may become a fan because of it, but they only have movies going backwards now. They have nothing to look forward to because you've disappeared. Pointed an entire fan base already mm. to where you're not making that sequel for the,
1: and you basically kind of ruined the whole franchise of- and the career of that like <laughs> legacy,
2: right? But-, <laughs> but that that's like my hot
0: take when it comes to like remakes. Like I like I like remakes because, like I said, my my almost golden age of horror for me was when the remakes were all coming out for Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday Thirteenth, and mm-hmm. Halloween, and yeah. for me those were almost more terrifying than the original which i thought were cool Mm -hmm. but when with movies like child's play it didn't really do anything for me because i was kind of hoping for that same i was it like mystique like with the voodoo storyline and yeah i just didn't like the plot for that but i liked the it remakes i thought those were good those are good yeah those are like that's a good way of.
1: (laughs) i remember we want you came with us to go see part two
0: yeah. But I thought like
1: at least that.
0: at least those remakes it's like yeah you're staying true to the original but you're also staying true to the original source which is the novel which yeah. is better which that is what I can,
2: that I could like get down with you know like okay it's more like the book. Right. Yeah. And that's what I liked about, like, the It chapters.
0: And, like, that kind of sense of a remake is great. But, you know, going I think going forward when we see more remakes come out, I think that's where I got to kind of keep my head in mind is, like, okay, they're going to come out with a remake. I can't expect too much for it because it's not going to be targeted to appeal to me. It's going to be a targeted to appeal to younger generations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
0: is... Also, I think why I don't like A24 movies that much, either.
2: <laughs> oh, man. I heard you, like, d- described as, like, the Gen Z kind of movies. I saw oh, no. the most Gen Z horror movie a while, like, a month ago or... So. You was told it, me about was this. Was it Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? It was Bodies, Bodies,
1: Bodies. Bodies, Bodies,
2: Bodies. was so Gen Z. It hurt, like... <laughs> Why
1: don't you pay all that money to go see that?
0: But see, that's what I was thinking when I watched the trailer. I'm like, the people in the movie are portraying as like your stereotypical Gen Z kids that it's almost not only cringy to watch, but it makes your brain hurt because it's like these, this is the generation that came after us
2: and this is how they act sometimes. This is why they made it,
1: it because of that.
2: The character's. Technically, I mean yes, they are cringe. But just the quote unquote spin at the end of the film—it is Gen Z. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's not very intelligent. That's what. Okay. (laughs) Because I mean, okay, not to—I don't want to. The end of the film. So you have. All right, let me just. I guess I'll do a tiny recap here. All right. So in the movie, you have a girl and her girlfriend. They're going to a—I think it's like a hurricane party or something like that. Which is a real thing. Like, it's just a storm party. And you meet the cast of characters. And, yes, they are all cringy in their own way. Uh, I mean, you have Pete Davidson, for Christ's sake. He is so cringy. He's not a bad actor. Right. He is not a bad actor. So his character is actually the first to die
0: oh okay (laughs) Okay. so
2: in it though because he had his throat slit they think he's murdered obviously you would be like yes this guy was murdered his throat was slit yes that is the conclusion you come to Mm so it's a it's a who's done
1: it but so
2: as you're going through trying to figure out who did it it's a clue people are getting killed off
1: Mm. until
2: you get to the final two the two girlfriends who are like the survivors okay and it's daylight now And they stumble across Pete Davidson's cell phone. Like, after you see all these gruesome, like, deaths and accidental deaths and stuff like that. Like, they stumble across Pete's cell phone. And he was playing with the machete and, like, juggling with it or something and accidentally Cut his throat himself. Fucking so there idiots. was no killer, and it was just a you went through, and all your ki- all your friends were murdered for no reason. And yeah, yeah. Like, how is that? that supposed to make me feel? Like,
0: I don't like right. it. No. Like how,
1: right. how
2: how
0: do you how do you? Oh my god, I don't even know how you would have see
1: Gen
2: Z movie. Like,
1: yeah, I already I don't totally like love it. it. Yeah.
2: Because god. I don't get how this is like
0: elevated horror shit. Because like that. I was saying the other day that, like, elevated horror is, like, the new subgenre trend that a lot of people are, like, excited for. Like, when we watch Pearl, that's, like, it fell under that umbrella of, like, A24 films that they generally put out that are considered to be, like, elevated horror. Yeah. I... Those movies make my head hurt. It's, like... My head
1: hurts already. gosh. God.
0: Like, those movies, to me, focus way too much on how beautiful a movie can be shot and made. But right. because of that, the writing kind of uh, falls on the back burner. Yeah. And and some of the plot kind of just gets a little off track. And it's, you know, like I was telling Colin of how weird the movie was. Because it was like...
1: The, Super weird. Like,
0: the best way I could, like... Give a, a bit of a snippet of an example of how weird that movie was. was I know, you're the, talking
1: about the scarecrow. I
0: know, the scene where she dances yeah. with the scarecrow. <laughs> I was like, that
2: is I've
1: seen the picture of what that scarecrow looks like in Pearl looks like the same scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I was
2: expecting that scarecrow face to be like uh, someone's actual like skin. That was a creepy-ass scarecrow.
0: Yeah, and um, then... It was funny because I even said, like, when you and I had watched it, we haven't seen X.
2: Right. Which I need to. And then magazine yeah. is going to be coming out. That,
0: I heard about that, too. And I'm like, what is Ty West even doing? I was watching the Kill Count video on YouTube for X because I didn't. I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to watch this movie because it came out earlier this year. It's yeah. not available on any streaming service yet. and You know what's funny? Huh.
2: When I first saw the preview for X, I was looking forward to it. I When we saw Pearl, I had no idea that that movie was Pearl was prequel to. And in my mind, I had been waiting for that movie to come out, but it had already come out. <laughs> and I, I had no idea it was out yet until like afterwards I'm like what is Axel like, I went home and I looked it up I'm like I remember watching this trailer I wanted to see it so bad holy crap
0: yeah. right and so like I watched the Kill Count for X and apparently shortly after they wrapped up production for X was when they started shooting Pearl yeah and now Maxine is coming out and I'm like he really didn't like waste time trying to get these movies made and produced and he kept like, going
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I read something that like they pretty much film pearl and x at like the same time because they could get like a better discount on the house like that set you know and which makes sense you know (laughs) Right. Trying to save yeah.
1: money, especially in Hollywood. My God.
0: Right. Especially since X is, well, not X, but Maxine is going to take place in LA. So it's going to be separate from that location. So at least, I'm hoping this way they'll be able to take a little bit more time with the story for Maxine. Because yeah. the way that Pearl went was like, I don't know. I Because I even say this too. It's like, if you had taken out all the killing scenes in Pearl... You would have just had this movie about a farmer's girl who was down on her luck aspiring to be an actress. And it's a kind of story that we see played out a lot. But with with that horror aspect and the killing scenes, it's like it's a little bit of a different movie but yeah. I, I was just so but odd. The,
2: the coloring of it like yeah. we talked about it like immediately after we saw the movie but it gave me chills how it was filmed like seeing like you look at it the like to me like that a bumped up iso and the vibrancy of the film like that just the feeling it instills in you and then the murders and just almost even like opening scene killing like what is it a duck and feeding it to the alligator and seeing like how vibrant that like red blood is and just like oh something's not right here because it's like i I mean i it like wizard of oz meets
1: psycho
2: no no
1: that was a great response it is like wizard
0: of oz meets some other type of like horror Horror, yeah Mm, no like x was supposed to be uh based or based or influenced by texas chainsaw massacre Yes, which you definitely get from some of those scenes and especially like, you know, these group of not I don't want to say kids, but these group of young adults are driving to this farm location yes. to shoot a porno and just the entire vibe of it gives you Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. And I mean, when Pearl's I was watching
2: Hollywood, yeah.
0: So we watched Pearl, so we know what like what the house looks like, what the yeah. inside of the house looks like. We know what Pearl looked like when she was younger. Right. And parts of that location. So when I watched the X kill count video, there were things that were shown in X that would later have a more prominent plot point in Pearl, like the car in the pond. Yeah, that makes an appearance in X, and they don't they don't question it and they don't talk about it, but they just happen to walk d- b- down by the pond and they see this yeah. car sticking out of the pond, and they're like, "Hmm, odd." But we're going to move along. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to even investigate what that right. car's about? And it, it was just...
2: Need X, like, me too. <laughs> and then when
0: I was watching X, like, they, because when these when these people go to this farm, they're kind of renting part of the property, which is like a essentially a guest house or a farmhouse separate from Pearl's home. We don't see Pearl right away, but we see Howard, who at this point is an old man. And it even clicked to me that that was her husband who yeah. was absent for most of Pearl, which I think is even odder, that that didn't even register. <laughs> and then they show Pearl as an old woman, and she's played by Mia Goth. And yes. they have these moments throughout the movie where Mia Goth...
2: like, Oh, the old lady is still played by Mia? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, And they have these scenes where Pearl oh, and Maxine goodness. are interacting with each other. And I'm like, this is kind of interesting, because... Mia Goff plays both Pearl and Maxine, and both of their characters have a lot in common in terms of who they are as people and what they aspire to be. Yeah. Which I thought I was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So I got to watch X, and then we got to go see Maxine when it comes out. Yes,
2: absolutely. <laughs> I am down. All
1: right.
0: What do you think, honey?
1: I've never seen it, so I don't know. Well,
0: <laughs> how about 8:24 as a whole? Because you and I have seen Midsummer and...
1: Well, yeah, but it's, it's definitely, well, I love The Witch. That's such a great movie out of all of them. But Midsommar, I like and not like about it. It's like, it's basically Midsommar's toxic relationships. Well, no, no, not Midsommar. I meant the Wicker Man toxic relationships, you know? I mean,
2: Midsommar is exactly how you described A24 in the beginning. The plot is, ah, the acting could have been better. Yeah. But how it's... Dialize the
1: cinematography. Yeah.
2: Well, the cult tactics they actually use in the filming... To make you think that the ending's a happy ending? It really isn't. Like, they actually use cult tactic in, like, making the film to make you think that it's a good, like, that yeah. it's a happy movie. So it's like it yeah, has, like, like, like,
1: real sense to it.
2: Yeah. Like, you almost forget to, like, the very beginning where, like, they're having relationship issues and the acting's so terrible at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It really you is. Just, like, go to this, like, cult it's a different whoa like yeah it's so bright it's like hazed and yeah right it gives you
0: but but the thing about midsummer is like i said it's so beautifully shot and it has all these really great visuals it's like where they lose me is the writing and it's like i always say like with with midsummer it's like that entire event could have been prevented for danny at least if if her and christian had just had the conversation about their relationship earlier (laughs) on even if like he didn't feel obligated to have to continue to be with her after her family's death it's like you two clearly have problems and you both know that you have problems but neither yeah. of you want to be the person to initiate the conversation and it's like it's frustrating to watch because it's like just <laughs> break up already mm-hmm. and then the people that they're with are all like in their own way very terrible yeah. and the boyfriend christian is it's like his own super villain because he just gaslights the shit out of everybody around him and it's just mm-hmm it's a frustrating movie to watch
1: it really is especially those conversations i really don't like it but the other stuff especially with the colony and how they are in there the people are i think it's amazing
2: colin would join a cult yes he would
0: (laughs) i would you know what's funny
1: probably get away yes i would have a nice vacation and then join a cult in norway yeah sure why not
0: (laughs) no it's funny because like i follow i follow the channel buzzfeed on youtube And they just started doing a series called Rise and Fall. And they talk about cults. And it's these two girls. And as they talk about the story about these cults, they have these little flags that have yes on one side and no on the other. Mm -hmm. And throughout the story, they'll say, what certain characteristics of these cults would make us want to turn to being a cult member or turn away from being a cult member? And I feel like, because they only talked about three so far. They talked about Jonestown... The Manson family and Nexium, which is a weird fucking cult. But I don't know if Colin would ever join any of those cults. I mean, I feel like you would join Nexium because it's just a sex cult.
2: (laughs) He's giving a thumbs up, everyone. Yes,
1: I totally would. Seriously, as long as they have some good food. That's all that matters. You know, some tasty snacks, you know, a little bit of sex here and there, maybe.
2: I like, there's a sociologist <laughs> who looks into cults and, oh, she, I've seen her on YouTube a few times, but me personally, like, I'm getting my major in sociology and just looking at it like the culture of a cult and basically look at it from like an institutional standpoint and it's so fascinating to me because yeah. it makes everything makes sense like you could look at it different sociological lenses like Jim Jones he has authority and that's what people like about him like that's how he's And it's not and he's taking that authority right there would be no one to pass it down to like so it's not like a monarchy or anything like that where you have heirs and stuff it's Mm -hmm. not um i guess the closest you it's hard to describe i'd say the closest you would get is like almost bureaucracy yeah but bureaucracy you can kind of replace right but but after gym like say it went on and you know we all know the ending of Jonestown here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's let's pretend that didn't happen and, like, Jim Jones passed away and everyone was alive. There would be no one to take over. Yeah. Because right. no one would have the same charisma and power that he had.
1: Well, you might right. as well burn it down then.
0: <laughs> or just disband at that point. Because if you don't have anybody telling you what to do and there's nobody to organize the group, then right. they would disband and go find other things to do. And Exactly. It's cool though too, cause like my sister and I were talking about cults one time, and we we talked about like killer cults in another episode. But she said there's usually like when when people analyze cults, there's usually like three motives that cult leaders tend to their drive to call like forming these groups. It's either money, sex, or religion, you know. And they, those those are like the three fundamental bases of like certain cults. Like, Jonestown was religion, but Jones, like, thrived on the authority, like you said. And yes. he used that combined with religion to spearhead their motives and everything. Yeah, exactly. Manson kind of did the same thing, but he also incorporated drugs and sex yeah. to kind of also add control to his followers. But and it also was...
1: manipulation, too.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And then with Nexium, they're a sex cult. They are the most deviant of sex cults, but they're like, it, it was like a whole pyramid scheme in terms, in, in like a cult form. Every cult has its own motive. It acts as like a driving force almost. Can you not be a creep? Okay. Um, like, <laughs> he's trying to make me laugh
2: so hard right now by giving thumbs up really slowly at the word sex cult. Like. <laughs> or Nexium.
1: I want there to be a picture of me. I feel like it was one of your photos when we did the photo shoot you remember the one we did in the bleacher and the one it just looks like an ad to something but it'd be funny to be like colin would join a nexium like in that picture it'd just be i don't know just be a funny meme all right i'm sorry well, i ruined it no
2: you're good no i'm not i think, I think we should probably wrap it up, up- I am very grateful that you guys invited me to be on the show. Yeah, and this was a lot of fun speaking with you.
1: And we can have you on anytime, even if you just have your random voice on there and just like talk or something, or just be like you would be a great announcer to introduce (laughs) us onto the show. I mean, you're practically part of this
2: by
0: your Ed McMahon, like yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this was a lot of fun. I mean. Time really does fly when we have these conversations oh, with yeah. people. I mean, even like, I don't know if I told you, but like, what was it, like two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. we went to Ryan Alicia's house and I had was talking to their friend about horror movies for four hours in their boy. kitchen. Colin got yeah. so jealous of him. No, I was
1: just, I was joking by calling him the new boyfriend.
0: <laughs> oh. He does this every time I have a male friend who I enjoy talking to. But, like, I was talking to this guy for four hours. Male boyfriend. Colin has his boy toys, so. Right. It's like, you can can have 50 boyfriends, but I can't talk to one guy. Oh, I thought you were going to
1: be like, but I can't have one boyfriend. No,
0: I can't (laughs) talk to one guy for four hours about horror movies.
1: I, well, it was, that I, is
0: a double standard that is such
1: bullshit. No, but I feel like you've talked to someone, a guy like that, for that long. You don't know what's going to happen or what's happening in the conversation. So that's why I was just like, huh, what's going Nothing on? Nothing
0: is happening uh, in the conversation. Are you insecure, Colin? Yes, he is. Alicia was walking back and forth uh, from here the kitchen. There we go.
1: Mm-hmm. She was
0: walking back and forth from the kitchen to the dining room and the living room. And Colin's sitting out there. And when she walked in, he was like, what are they talking about? <laughs>
1: What are they talking about? What are they talking
0: about in there? Yeah. And then every once in a while he'll come in and be like, "Hi, honey," and then give me a kiss, like,
1: and like, <laughs> hi, and <I> tongue her. <laughs> it's, no, just
0: reminding.
1: Kenny, actually, the guy was really nice. I like. I think we will wrap up this interview because we could yep. keep going for hours. Yeah, I'm definitely
2: but going to make this a two-parter. And we, yes, and I am... Well, I just hope I wasn't talking over you guys too much. No, you no,
0: weren't. No, it's okay. I'm not worried about our guests talking over people. It's Colin <laughs> I gotta worry about. Okay,
1: wanted to put me <laughs> I under think the bus.
2: did really good tonight.
1: Did I yeah. do good compared yeah. to her? Did I do better?
2: But, I mean, I was also kind of directing, like, Aaliyah, answer this.
1: Colin, <laughs> Colin you go now.
0: <laughs> it's... And it's fun to kind of answer questions sometimes, because...
1: The person asking us questions is pretty cool, because we always ask people questions, so we want the question.
0: Well, this is also like... Well, I don't want to say it's our second, because I've had my sister on, and I've had my dad on before, but, like, I try to practice my interviewing skills by, like, asking them questions, and then, you know, in turn asking me questions, but... (laughs) Another goal I have for the podcast eventually is to, like, reach out to other podcasters or other, like, guests outside of our circle to kind of see if, like, we could collab with other podcasters. and Yeah, that'd you know, be cool. At least that way, too, like, it would help us practice our interviewing skills and also help us practice answering questions like these. Yeah. These were really fun questions. My goal is
1: to have a podcast with Trixie Mattel.
0: Oh, my God. If I get Trixie Mattel on the show, my sister would flip her shit. <laughs> That'd
2: be absolutely... Okay, so... Yeah, no, yeah. we'll definitely have you on, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well, have a great rest of the night, and I guess get something in that belly, Colin. Yeah. You know, he looks he looks miserable, like, when I took his photos. Oh. Like, it was
1: still a great time, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely.
1: If you asked me to do it again, I probably would. Yeah.
2: But at this point, like, it wouldn't be as tedious, because I don't have to, like, do all that stuff. Actually, like, we're going to be doing, like, In studio stuff, and like part of me was like thinking, like maybe I should have like Colin and like the Grease Creepers come in with their instruments and like do like a fake promo set, but you guys could actually use it if you want. Yeah, but like you know, with the professional lighting, studio and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Actually, I would be down for that. I'll talk to the guys.
2: Yeah, let me know. I don't know when it would be, but
1: yeah, well, let me know when it is or when it would be. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. (laughs) No, but yeah, no. But thank you for being on the show thank you guys for having me i love you love, love you, you too, too. okay, okay bye. bye bye now we have reached to the point of the end of the episode here and make thank god it is over
0: <laughs> well you don't have to make it sound like it was terrible it was a good interview i
1: know but it was a lot of work you know? we will
0: definitely have carolyn back on the show at some point
1: i feel like she will be a common like person with us on the show i feel like we can put her into like some good use like you know like kind of i don't know it'd be a cool like she's like an introduction lady or whatever we're just like talk to us about like new movies coming out
0: well i was actually i actually had a good idea about this so you know how we mentioned in part one she is our go-to friend to go see movies with at the theater Mm i had an idea whenever we do a review for a movie that just came out recently in theaters the three of us will all go see it together, and then we can all do, like, a collective review on it. Hmm, I like that. That way, she'll be more included into the podcast, and we can get more, like, outside feedback it'd besides be a, just, just us two. It'd be
1: like, go to the movies with Carolyn.
0: Going to the movies.
1: Or, let's all go to the movies. Oh, there you go. Do. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but... But no, but thank you everybody for listening and you are all very brave for being coming this far to listen to this episode.
0: And we want to thank Carolyn again for participating on our show for the past couple weeks.
1: Because she's not only just family, anyway, she's not only just friend, she's family.
0: <laughs> you kind of botched that one. I really but... did,
1: but you could try to edit that.
0: No, I'm, no. Not, I'm done editing. <laughs> I've spent two weeks editing... These two parts, and I'm, I'm done editing.
1: I was about to say, you must hate editing so much.
0: I hate you right now, because yeah. in in the entire... Uh, <laughs> obviously, you guys can tell when you listen to these episodes, but when we have like guests on, which we rarely do... Colin doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. So sometimes he ends up talking over the guests. Which I don't is try so to. Annoying. I don't
1: try to. It just happens. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's called keeping your mouth shut and letting people have their turn.
1: All right. Well, I will let that happen next time.
0: Fucking glory whore.
1: Would you stop itching your thing?
0: Leave me alone. It, it itches.
1: Stop itching your tattoo.
0: My tattoo is healing still and it's getting scaly and itchy. And well, you gross. need to stop that. I can't help it. Stop hitting me.
1: I didn't hit you. Stop making the people think that I'm abusing you, which I'm not.
0: All right. Well, we're wrapping up this week's episode. (laughs) Stay tuned for next week's episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am Aaliyah.
1: And I am Colin Bourne signing off saying be brave.
0: As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost your show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.